0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Gishay, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today's interview is with Felicia Masonheimer. Felicia is a public theologian teaching Christians how to discern what is true discuss the deep stuff, and accomplish God's will in their corner of the world. And if we're being completely honest, she's one of my favorite people on the internet. So today we're diving in on discernment, what that means, how we practice it, and the impact it has on our lives and our walks with the Lord. Felicia, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Blake. I've been so looking forward to this. I know I'm so excited so we are we're Instagram friends we we uh we connected in the in the DMs and now we talk pretty often which is my favorite um so I want to before I like gush and fangirl about you I want to let you introduce yourself so tell us about tell us about yourself
1: well I could gush and fangirl about you too but I guess we'll just both table that for now (laughs) and mm -hmm. (laughs) and let's talk about me Um, so I am from Northern Michigan. Um, it's actually, we have about three inches of snow right now. So it's nice and frigid. Um, I am married to my husband, Josh. We've married almost six years and I have two children, um, ages four and two, two girls. And I am a public theologian and Bible teacher. So I teach theology and break down the Bible for people who are new, um, to Christianity who are trying to grow in their faith
0: and you do it so well. By the way, just we're just going we're going to slip like a little bit of fangirling in. And it's funny cuz you I love your kind of tagline is uh every woman a theologian, yes. right? Every woman a theologian. And really like being introduced to your platform and your blog and and the way that you use your space really was a huge jumping off point for me in the idea of learning about theology. Because I think for a lot of people, it feels very far away. It feels something exclusively for pastors and people who go to seminary. And realizing that understanding and being equipped in theology and scripture, it's had a huge impact on my walk with the Lord.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Because it truly is something that we've treated as necessary only for those going into professional ministry. And mm-hmm. many Christians do believe that only men can be in those roles. Obviously, that's a whole conversation to yep. itself. That's but whole if you believe podcast that, episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need another hour for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you believe that at all, or you come from a tradition that does, then you're not going to see the need for theology as a woman. Mm -hmm. And how it impacts your daily life, which it does, in Mm -hmm. every single sphere, from parenting to marriage to singleness to your work. Everything you do is impacted by your understanding of who God is. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't teach that because we've assumed that it's just for those going into ministry.
0: Right. Which, I mean, just was the way that... I don't even remember being overtly taught that. It was just... You go to seminary and you become a pastor, and those are the people who understand scripture. And and stepping into that, probably in the last, I mean, really probably the last six months to a year, stepping outside of just having a quiet time and be that being kind of like a feel good thing, and and turning it into something that is educational and that I'm learning. And I mean, sometimes it it is feel good, which is fine, but that sometimes it's it's it feels like studying. But mm-hmm. how? Much how much that is done for me personally, for me in my relationships, and for me in my ministry, which is essentially a podcast and an Instagram, but is still a ministry right yeah, so it affects everything it does even if you're not in any form of of ministry or worship or anything like that, I mean the impact that it's just had on my understanding of the Bible and and therefore kind of translating that into real life is important, I think. Absolutely. And so that's it's not actually what we're talking about today. We're not actually talking about being theologians, kind of, I mean, kind of in a little, a little bit of a way, um, but we're talking about discernment today, which is something that you and I both talk pretty passionately and frequently about on our platforms. So this was an easy, an easy topic decision. To get us started, why don't you define or explain discernment? Sure. So
1: you've probably heard the definition of wisdom as knowledge applied. You take your knowledge, you apply it to life. And that's what wisdom is. It's walking out the knowledge we have specifically of God and of his law and how he wants us to live. I see discernment as wisdom in specific action. Hmm. So it's a form of wisdom applied to these very specific situations and our media consumption and choices we make in relationships, it's who we're listening to and who we're learning from. It's determining what is helpful and what is unhelpful, what is true and what is false. But the thing to know about discernment, and I think this is a really important point, is that discernment's not just about finding out what's bad or pointing out what's wrong or false. I think a lot of Christians get confused and they think the gift of discernment or or being discerning is just always knowing when something's wrong or bad. And that's not true. Hannah Anderson has a great book called All That's Good, and it's all about discernment. And her biggest point is discernment is as much about recognizing what is good and holy and sacred as it is about what is wrong and false and unacceptable
0: yeah no absolutely and i think i've i've never thought about it that implicitly but and i I don't think that we commonly apply the word discernment to good things but are often practicing it right so we're Mm -hmm. using our wisdom in specific action from your definition in good things but it's almost like the word discernment just has this like negative connotation We think it only applies to the negative when I think we're probably practicing it in the positive, but not calling it what it is.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think the more you focus on recognizing, you know, recognizing something beautiful Mm -hmm. in another person is a form of discernment, right? I'm discerning, I'm applying wisdom and God tells me what the standard of good is. And I see this good in this action you just took. And so that is a form of discernment. But yeah, we don't, we don't usually talk about it in that way. We usually talk about it in terms of finding the negative, which I think is important because we do live in a culture so saturated with these half gospels and these false messages, but Mm -hmm. we want to be able to recognize both.
0: Right. Which is the perfect segue. Why is, in your opinion, discernment important?
1: Well, looking at our culture today, um, D.A. Carson, an amazing scholar, says that today's challenge to Orthodox Christianity, so Christianity based on those fundamental tenets of who Christ is and basically what Christianity about at its core. Right. So today, the attack on Orthodox Christianity is not that Christians are stupid or blind or superstitious. That's That was the attack about 60, 70 years ago. Mm-hmm. Today, the attack on Christianity will be, well, you don't really understand the scriptures completely. Mm. You don't have a solid hermeneutic. You don't actually know what the Bible means. Um, it's taking the Bible and using it to defend things mm-hmm. that aren't consistent mm-hmm. with the Bible. It's twisting mm-hmm. scripture. And that's going to become more and more prevalent. It's, it's something that we see, as you've talked about, Blake, in the self-help world, where Mm -hmm. people take Jesus and they change him to fit the way they want him to work. Almost always false teaching and heresy will revolve around the person of Jesus and changing who he is. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we have got to have the wisdom to know when something is true about Christianity and about Jesus and about how to live out this life
0: Mm -hmm. and when it's false. A hundred percent. I think, so my kind of introduction by fire (laughs) into discernment was back in april of this year when i finally took a stand about some of the things that rachel hollis was saying she had from the stage said that when we get to heaven that god is going to introduce us to who we could have been Mm -hmm. right and yep it it was it was just too much it was too far it was too deceptive it was too off course that i couldn't keep my mouth shut and i had I ended up you know kind of monologuing about it and people were really receptive mm-hmm. to that but that was the first time i i feel like that i experienced true scripture twisting true like warping of the gospel you know i knew that i had pre- yep. like Practice discernment before that, because you know you have the Holy Spirit's like, hey, don't do that, <laughs> don't go there, right. and you're like, okay, and you, you practice, you know, <laughs> yes. you like put wisdom into action, and you don't, and and it's a good thing. But this was, you know, gr- I grew up in an incredible Christian home. I have that that great benefit, and it was the first time that I was blatantly faced with no no, this is not okay. And not only is this not okay, but people are consuming it and apply, like, applying it to their life and, yeah. and are walking away from that statement thinking, oh, crap, like I'm going to get to heaven and God's going to be like, "Haha, just kidding. Like you weren't really that great. Here's how yeah. you could have been. And that experience of discernment I really had never experienced anything like that before. And that has kind of inadvertently turned into what I tend to be most passionate about with discernment is, like you said, the kind of the self-help movement. Because as anybody knows who's listened or followed, I I fell prey to it. Like, I fell for it. You know, I bought the self-help movement and the hustle movement. And I know you have talked about it from time to time in your space as well. But what? Just kind of want, this is more like on a personal and less like theological level, but like what r- like lights your fire on discernment?
1: For me, it comes down to what are we free to do as Christians, mm. and how can there be two Christians who follow the Lord and are comfortable doing such different things? Mm. Um, because in my particular audience, I have a huge range. Mm-hmm. Of people along the Christian spectrum. So I have people who are coming out of like completely Im- Im- immersed in the self help gospel world,
0: mm-hmm. a borderline
1: new age coming mm-hmm. out of that or coming out of a hyper charismatic environment that's mm-hmm. super unhealthy. They're coming out of that world. And then on the other end, I have people who are ex Amish and ex Mennonite coming mm-hmm. out of a super conservative legalistic world. Um, and they are kind of trying to journey toward Christ on this road and as they're walking towards him they are there's a lot of assumption that oh look at her well she's still in a long skirt and she still wears a head covering so she must be legalistic or mm. she doesn't watch these shows or these movies. So, you know, she's judging every other Christian or, oh, look at her. She drinks wine while she just must be loose or whatever, you know, I get these assumptions and I get all these DMs of of people saying these things about other Christians. (laughs) And that's why, you know, I stand in the middle between all these denominations and I say, you have to be able to discern. You Mm -hmm. have to be able to apply wisdom to Mm -hmm. these specific things and True discernment will always result in grace for your sister.
0: Mm, absolutely. It will always
1: result in grace for your sister. And that doesn't mean you're going to compromise truth because discernment is also dedicated to truth and applying wisdom. But you're going to understand through the discerning process, oh, I can see that she is on a journey and the Holy Spirit's working in her life
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I can honor that and still speak truth graciously to her. That's what I'm most passionate about, because I think the church would be a lot more unified across the denominations if there was more understanding of, first of all, where denominations came from, another podcast for another day. (laughs) Um, But also, you know, look, everybody's on this journey of sanctification, and we can discern through that, then we can unite around the gospel and walk side by side.
0: Which 100% is what what jesus wants for his church and for his bride it's like can can you stop tearing each other apart and and like i I didn't make this that difficult is what i feel like god sometimes (laughs) like guys i'm not really worried about the length of her skirt like why are Mm you you know life passes quickly but truth lasts forever the csb legacy note-taking bible offers beautiful cover options, including a genuine leather cover with a unique closing strap. From the moments that mark your spiritual journey to the truths from God's word that change your life, the CSB Legacy Note-Taking Bible is a perfect place to collect the truths you cherish in your walk with God. Write it down, pass it on. Order your copy today at lifeway.com. Hey, okay, so I have something super exciting to tell you about. Have you ever thought about getting a life coach? Or what about a business coach? Or have you just found yourself wishing you had a group of women to do life with and learn from in a Christ-centered way that focuses on using your gifts to further the kingdom? Well, I got you. I, as in the girl named Blake, the one talking, recently launched group coaching. So group coaching is basically like a course and one-on-one life and business coaching had a baby, And that baby is the best of both worlds. I am so excited about the opportunity to come alongside you and help you grow, learn more about who Christ says you are and what that looks like in 2020. So if you're interested or if you have questions or if you're like, heck yes, let's go. You can find everything you need at crappychristianpodcast.com slash coaching. I tend to talk about that a lot the whole like good you know good for her not for me. I think that there's it, this is where the conversation of discernment gets interesting because I 100% believe that that we are on totally different paths and we there is so much grace that's necessary and vital like I need it. I need grace every single day from everybody. But Then you see someone with over a million followers saying something that you disagree with. And I've had the check in my spirit of, okay, is this a good for her, not for me situation? Or is this something that we step into and we say, no, that's not, God never said that. Like, that's not who he is. That's not, you know, so, because I've had people reply to me saying something along the lines of like, hey, like, let's just let it be. Like, don't be a jerk. Like, mm-hmm. let everybody do their thing with, well, then why do you, why do you get to say so-and-so is, is wrong in what they're saying? I'm like, well, it's not really the same.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and this, again, this comes down to theology.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Because you have to know what are the non-negotiables. I had somebody message me just today and say, I'm really disappointed that you say that all Christians have to unite around the theology of the Trinity. And I said, well, they do, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) i All do respect. I'm so glad you're here. But the Trinity is a non-negotiable in scripture. It's central to, to the church. It has been since the first century after Jesus ascended. So, you know, this is, that's an example of something that we don't get to change. Glennon Doyle Melton just came out with a statement about how sin doesn't exist. You don't Mm. get to change that. You don't get to change non-negotiable doctrines. And that's where theology comes into play. You can't discern what you don't know. And when you are talking with these people, like you're having these conversations, there is a good for her, not for me, you know, application when it comes down to clothes or even drinking or Mm -hmm. what we're watching or... Things like that where God's sanctifying and changing us and convicting us differently based on where we are in our paths. Mm-hmm.
0: But the gospel doesn't change. Exactly. And I, so I it is, it, it is a, non, like, it's a non-negotiable that like we aren't going to get to heaven and God is going to say, this is who you could have been. We aren't, yeah. like, we are not supposed to be. The hero of our own story that is the foundation of the gospel is that we are not the hero of our story so i love that that it's it's like these secondary issues which tend to be the ones that everybody's ripping each other apart about right do you do you stand back and you're like guys no mm-mm, no this isn't it's not the point at all like
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly why are, why are we when... upset about that right and if you have a understanding of the gospel, I think it's, it's a little bit easier to give grace for those Absolutely. differences. And remembering, too, that the Holy Spirit is always at work. That's mm-hmm. one thing I have learned in the last five years, is the higher your view of the Holy Spirit, the more you respect His work and, and honor it, the less you're worried about mm-hmm. what's going to happen to your sister who's watching Friends and you don't like to watch Friends. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> You know? Right, you know, I think that the man, the body of Christ is so i mean the let's just say the American body of Christ is so fractured and so warring against itself for these things that don't matter that I'm like, man, if we could all like link arms and stop worrying about the non the the, the I don't want to say they're unimportant, but the less important. And agree – okay, we all do agree on the non-negotiables, the impact that would have.
1: Yes. It would It would unite the church as a witness, and then we would much more effectively fulfill the Great Commission.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, and that's kind of the, my whole point is, like, I'm just eh, – eh. And I feel like this is, like, another one of those, like, good for her, not for me. Like, I, I don't, like, use my platform for necessarily a space of, of intense theology because I don't feel equipped in that. You know, I don't feel equipped to, right now in this season, like, I'm not teaching leaders like you are. And, and, and doing that super well and kind of leading the charge of, like, okay, if we're going to be leaders in ministry, like, we have to do this well. You know, I I had this quote kind of floating around in my head a few months ago of, like, I I feel like I am less concerned with how righteous people live than with how people become righteous. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm And, you know, I'm so thankful for the people who are standing in the in the gaps and teaching those of us who feel like we're we're called into this weird (laughs) whatever this is that we're doing this weird online ministry instagram thing to teach us and to guide us but then i think also having to step back and be like i am not i am not the felicia expression of christ and for me it's getting down in the the hard stuff with people who are a lot of the time just figuring this out Mm -hmm. and being like you're good Like, sister, you're good. Like, Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the grave. You believe that? All right, come on. Like, we'll learn the rest as we go, you know? And I think that we have to be able to let each other fill the gaps that God has us filling. Right. Yeah. Everybody has a call and
1: an equipment and a skill. And God uses that specifically to meet the people who are in their sphere and mm-hmm. and that's why it's the diversity of the body of Christ which Paul talks about all the time. You know, if you can't be he says, you know, the eye should be an eye, the arm should be mm-hmm. an arm, you know, we need those people to all fill those specific roles and walk with people on their journey towards Christ.
0: Mhm. So, speaking of like walk, walking this out, what to you practically getting if somebody's listening to this and is like, "Oh, snap. I don't really know anything about discernment." <laughs> what is your Like, where do you tell people to start?
1: I always start with what James says. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously and without reproach. Mm. It's one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible to me, because so often we can feel overwhelmed by the choices that we have and the things that we have to discern through, especially in our culture today. And it says that God not only gives wisdom generously, but he does not shame you for asking. Mm. He doesn't shame you for not having it yet. And he walks with you every step of the way.
0: Mm -hmm. And then in
1: John 15 to 17, we see Jesus saying, I'm sending you a helper. I'm leaving, but my spirit, spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. is coming to be your helper and walk with you and declare truth to you and help you discern. So the, the key there is, Be in the word because he will use the word to declare truth to you. So you want to be consistently seeking God um, and learning how to study the Bible for yourself and use that as your anchor and your reference point, but then listening for his voice, which will never contradict the word as you are going through these decisions. So to give a practical example, um, my husband and I, we we don't have streaming internet right now, so we can't watch shows right now, but Mm -hmm. we just loved to try different shows on Netflix. And over and over again, we would run into situations where we'd get in, you know, five episodes or so, and then we'd look at each other and say, we feel convicted not to watch this anymore because of what the content's doing. That's a moment where the Holy Spirit's speaking and he's discerning through you saying, this isn't healthy for you. This isn't good for you Mm -hmm. and you need to stop. And so at that point, you can obey the conviction or you can keep going. Right. And where a lot of people run into problems is they want to discern in all these different situations, but if they aren't being obedient with the discernment God is giving them, they're not going to hear his voice in other areas of their life. hmm So obedience is a huge part of this, like listening to his voice for you personally, and then you'll also have his voice for other areas.
0: Mm-hmm. Dang. That's good. N- not surprisingly, but... <laughs> I think that it can be really overwhelming in in, in this world of, okay, like, I want to open my Bible. I want to hear the voice of God. I want to, like, be faithful and obedient can be really overwhelming. And so I think that people are going to benefit from hearing, open your Bible, listen for his voice, be obedient. Like, I I said, okay, I can do that.
1: (laughs) I can do that. (laughs) I always think about how Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And I read in a commentary that yoke was a term that was used for rabbinic teaching. So he actually meant my teaching is easy. Mm. And I think about that a lot. Like, okay, if his teaching is so easy, why are we making it so complicated? Like you were saying earlier, like, why are we adding so much to this? He's saying, know the truth, follow my voice, my sheep know my voice. So we just have to get used to listening for his voice and then Mm. obey
0: so good. So good, and we absolutely could talk for another like forty-five minutes, but the people have spoken, and they want twenty to thirty-minute episodes. So we're gonna honor that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna close with rapid-fire questions. Okay. Um, what's your enneagram type? I'm a three. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh, you're like, yep. I knew yep. that. Sure are. We are that like the fast. three is three and fast. eight is eight. Like
1: yes. And my, most of my best friends are either ones or eights.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> is that, that was your fun fact that your friends are?
1: Well, there you go. That is a fun
0: fact. I say yeah. that all the time. So I do not know fun if you fact. needed me to have
1: a fun fact, but there you go.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. See, and as an eight, most of the people in my life are nines. Really? I need that like calming rooted balance.
1: That's so interesting. My husband's a nine.
0: Yeah a strong personality type we probably need a nine yeah yeah what okay well so since you don't have since you're not watching shows I'm still gonna ask what the last show you watched was okay this is you're gonna laugh
1: at me it was Bonanza
0: (gasps) my dad love I grew up on Bonanza
1: I did too and I that because we don't have streaming, we don't have internet right now, really. We only have, like, cellular data. So right. I have we have our DVD player at the farm, and I was, like, looking through our old DVDs, and I was like, oh, Bonanza. So last night, that's what I watched.
0: I love it. That's awesome. Uh, and the last one is, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk?
1: I am so basic. You're going to laugh. But I just love a pumpkin spice latte, man. It's Girl, just, yes. It's just so good. I
0: it love it. <laughs> Have you had the pumpkin cream cold brew?
1: I have. And it was delicious. Also that like pumpkin cloud thing that they have. Yes. So good.
0: So I have been like anti-pumpkin my whole life. And one of my friends forced me to try a pumpkin cream cold brew. And I was like, oh, dang it. Now I'm like super basic because now I even like pumpkin stuff. (laughs) Because I I love.
1: I knew that you would be (laughs) (laughs) anti-pumpkin.
0: I really don't. Like I don't like it like it's not a it's not a desire to be different it's a like I don't like pumpkin pie I don't like pumpkin roll I don't like pumpkin tasting things but I do love me a pumpkin cream cold brew I'm gonna be real sad when they when they take them off the menu
1: I know we need some kind of year-round pumpkin (sighs) committee
0: right gosh the money they make (laughs) off of us when pumpkin stuff comes out is just ridiculous right Felicia, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and teach us. Um, This was incredible. Thank you for having
1: me. Always so fun.
0: Tell people where they can find and follow you after the episode.
1: Yes, I am Felicia Masonheimer, and it's spelled with a P-H-Y. So Mm -hmm. be sure to add that if you're trying to find me. Um, On Instagram, I'm Felicia Masonheimer. My website is FeliciaMasonheimer.com. And on Facebook, that is my name. But if you're typing it in, it's Facebook.com slash Felicia Delta.
0: Gotcha. And we'll link to all of that in your show description. Thank you so much. This was so great. Thank you, Blake. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. Oh, yeah.